Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here, and we are back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Today, I'm going to be talking with Chris Blazier, who is the Senior Director of Innovation and Engineering at a company called Elastic. If you ever been on a website and there's a little search bar and you type in a question and you get the answer that you're looking for, there's a pretty good chance that that company that is behind that technology is Elastic. We'll be talking to Chris in just a few moments, but before we get into that, my announcements that I make in every one of these shows, if you've got an amazing story you want to share or a question you want to ask, just Go to any social media channel. I'm probably there. Ask the question. Uh, tell the story. If it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep. I'll answer the question there on this show in my newsletter or on my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. And you can find episodes on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, and uh, go to YouTube or just type in www.beamazing.tv. All right, let's jump into the interview. Chris. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Chef. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I love the idea of making life easier for customers. And one of the things that your company, Elastic, does is make life easier for your customers' customers. If I go to a website, there's a, a search bar, and I can type in a question, any question I could ask about a product, uh, I could ask uh if I need help on something, if I if I'm having trouble, customer support, whatever it is, it's kind of like it's it's a company's own little private Google search bar. Uh, is that a good way to describe it? I think that's the easiest way, at least when I explain it to friends of mine. And I'm trying to say we're a highly technical company, so there's a lot under the hood that goes into it. But you're right. At the core, we have a search component that goes in. You have a search term, you have a set of terms, a question, and we return results. What's amazing is how many different applications that can be, whether it's around a, a knowledge base or whether it's around your website or whether we're talking generative AI and how it plays a role in there. So at its core, we are a search company and everything builds off of that. All right. And I want to talk about generative AI in just a few minutes, but let's go back to how this whole company Elastic started. Uh, there's a great story about how uh, about 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, uh, the founder was looking for a recipe. Uh, go ahead. You, you're going to tell yeah. the story better than I can. Yeah. So it's good. So uh, I've been around for a while at Elastic, so I've heard the story firsthand. But essentially, our our founder, Shai, uh, his wife was a, a cook at the time, and he was not employed, and he was trying to help out. And he was writing some code uh, around helping her organize her uh, recipes. And one of the things that was lacking was around her ability to search, whether you want to search for ingredients or search for things around her recipes. And so we made an app for her uh, that allowed her to start searching through her recipes for what to cook. And the basis of that started Elasticsearch. And uh, then he got other people involved in the project. He open sourced it. And so our roots are not just, it is in that app, but it's around the open source nature of our app and talking with customers and how they can best solve their own problems with search. Wow. What a romantic gift. I, I am going to get my wife uh, a, a search app for her kitchen. Oh, how nice. No, but seriously, if she's a chef, a cook, I mean, that's just real important. And what a great starting point. So this was 10 plus years ago. Now, yeah. 
I remember going to IBM Watson programs and learning. They sent me to something called Cognitive College, and I learned what it was like to interact with a chat bot, basically. Like, and, and my final exam, I created a conversation between me and a bike store, me as a customer, and then the bike store. And actually, I was playing both sides because that's the way we had to do it. I had to create the script from both angles. But isn't that what it used to be is simply a script. If I asked you a question, there were keywords that would trigger an answer. So it was not really generative AI back then. It was like, if this, then that kind of a thing. Uh, is uh, You're shaking your head. Yes, I know the people listening can't see that. <laughs> it, that's what that's it exactly it. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly it. And you had to build trees of structures if then, then that. And uh, the industry with generative AI, as we get into those conversations, it's definitely shifted from that for the technology to be smart enough to understand what we call the semantic meaning of what you are looking for and retrieving relative results for those conversations. Right. And the general public was introduced to something in November called ChatGPT, which allowed us to have essentially human-like conversations with the bot. And uh, we can ask questions. We could say, explain it to me a different way. Explain it to me like I'm in sixth grade. I still don't understand it. And it, it really, it, 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 it wasn't all that much prior to that, that that type of technology started to play into these types of situations where I go to a website and then I need help. When did you start using generative AI? So uh, I think I experienced that wave just like all the other users did. Once once that became generally available where you could sign up and actually interact with a uh, the large language model it has, uh, that's when I started getting more involved in it. But I think the, the roots of Elastic have been around even longer than that when you look at the technology that's under the hood powering this. And so when you, there's a concept around vector search and how it works underneath the hood, what was interesting was Elasticsearch was already starting to do these things and lining up for a world to make more semantic search and make more sense of it. And what these generative AIs and what these LLMs are doing are doing that at such a large scale now that they're learning from the semantic meaning of everything and uh, allowing you to ask questions of that model. And so uh, I was shocked just like everybody else. I mean, I think we you read a, a new article all the time about how ChatGPT is the fastest growing company for ARR to 100 million or 100 million users, and they're just shattering records. And I think it's it's a unicorn amongst our businesses. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, let's get back to your company. You have an amazing track record. What's really amazing is that, and I love this stat, 50% of Fortune 500 companies use Elasticsearch. I mean, that means basically a day doesn't go by that the average person doesn't see a logo of one of the brands that use your product. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it is. And what's even more impressive about that number is that they're across a number of different use cases, whether we're embedded inside of a, a product that you just don't see because uh, the search is enabling the, the search on their website and it's just transparent to you as a user, whether it's being used for a security solution that we have, whether it's around SIM, uh, or around the detection agents that we have on that side, uh, even around observability. So across that 50%, uh, there's a multiple use cases. And that at single customers, we also find multiple use cases. As they start with one, they start with, uh, let's say, security, and they start to move into observability, or they start with general search. And so it's very interesting when you look across that entire population. All right. So let's go back. Uh, let's talk about the benefits. We've, we've talked about your company. 
great company, excited, incredible list of clients. And I mean, I, I've lo- I'm looking at some of the clients and the names. And uh, while I haven't used Tinder, it's a pretty popular uh, one. But I mean, definitely Walgreens. I was just there yesterday to get my uh, my flu shot. Uh, yep. So, I, <laughs> but uh, this let's talk about the benefits. I mean, customers expect uh, their experience to uh, really. I always say that customers compare you not to your competition, but to the best experience they've had from anyone. And so when it comes to finding out information, if I'm on a website and I see a little search bar and it's not giving me back the information that I want, that's going to drive me crazy because I know what a good search bar does. Yes. Yeah, so the, this concept of search, like let's go back to this concept of search. It's been around for a long time. And for longer than we've been around, where you can kind of go in and to a website, uh, ask a question. And we've been kind of trained to ask single terms. If like I'm looking for a discounted iPhone, I type in discount iPhone. You don't really ask a natural question. That's been historically. What we're moving towards now is asking a broad question. Like I, in that same use case, I want uh, the best family plan for an iPhone in California. And what these search boxes today are able to do is take that sentiment, what I'm really asking for, and uh, providing me more relevant results. And this relevancy is what's driving this revolution of AI and everything that we're talking about today. So when we think about it from a business standpoint, there's a lot of good examples out there how we can use this technology. Uh, I think first and foremost, we think about it, especially your audience, we probably think about self-service at a knowledge base, right? So if you have a knowledge base and a customer goes in and doesn't get the answers that they're looking for, they're they're not going to get the help. They're either going to open a support case or go on to your competitor, things like that. So these pick up the phone and and call the company and then get stuck on hold and and yes. uh, you know realize I'd rather be having dinner with my in laws than waiting on hold. Waiting. No, I would. It, that, that that's exactly <laughs> it. So this uh, ability for self service and actually getting uh, relevant answers back. Right. We un it unblocks us. Maybe there's a consumption pattern at your SaaS business and they're blocked from using this self service mechanism. This ability to search through the knowledge base, less support tickets. All of that is enabling a better customer experience. Another really good example that we use internally is like this personalization through support. So if you kind of have a customer profile and you've interacted with us, you've opened cases, you you know your renewal's coming up in six months, you're using this type of product. Uh, it's really good to be able to use search to go in, look at those profiles and interact with the customer in a personalized way, increasing your brand with them, increasing their CSATs. All of that is all use cases for the power of search. All right, CSAT being customer satisfaction. So personalization, let's talk about that for a moment because it could get creepy if I just show up to a company that I've done business with before, doesn't require me to log in, but as soon as I start typing, it says, well, thanks, Shep, for your question. It's like, how does it know me? I haven't logged in yet. So I'm assuming that uh, we have to log in, and once we're logged in, then essentially this, this site knows who it is that's logged in, and yep. then your your solution can start to personalize based on what I bought in the past, buying patterns, probably even match me up with other customers and maybe even make suggestions for items that uh, I haven't thought about buying, but since I'm just like 10,000 other customers, you know what I need. 
Yeah. And so I think the best analogy that I've heard too is like, we're kind of, we're a tool, we're a hammer here. And a lot of customers are building different style houses with the hammer. And so in your example, if you logged in, yes. So we have use cases where we, you are behind a logged in experience and you've kind of consented to this idea that you're being tracked and you know that I want to reorder something. Uh, I want to reorder dog food again. But uh, if I don't show you that you had dog food and then it's time to reorder, then that experience is less because I got to go searching for dog food again. I got to go back through which one did I order? Did I order this? Uh, did I order the rice one or did I order the chicken one? And so you start to think about this relevant recommendations based on what you've had before all happens because we start to build up profiles. A technology like Elastic starts to search through that, starts to filter the results, provides you, uh, provides the engineers building these, these houses, in my analogy. It allows those engineers the tools enabling personalization across all those different forms that you have. And on websites, if you have cookies, if you have things like that, that personalization is kind of a, it's a different technology, but essentially it's the same concept. As long as we can get to the data, we can build these personalized experiences. Yep. And when you refer to cookies, you're not referring to chocolate chip cookies. Not the ones that we all love so much. <laughs> hey, let's take a quick break. And when I come back, or when we come back, I want to talk to you about how uh, this is not just great for customers, but also for people that work inside the company. We are talking with Chris Blazier, who is the Senior Director of Innovation and Engineering over at Elastic. Don't go away, we're coming right back. One of my favorite sayings is that customer service isn't a department, it's a philosophy. And it's a philosophy that must be embraced by everyone in the organization all the time, and that's 24 seven. So if customer service is important to you, and I know it is, then you will love our virtual training, the ultimate on-demand customer service and experience training program that you can access anytime, anywhere. Now the course content applies to everyone, regardless of position and responsibility, from senior executives to the most recently hired and everyone in between. You'll discover tips, ideas, and strategies that won't cost your company a fortune, but will produce what I call moments of magic, those positive experiences, and it will happen at every level of your organization. So go to Customer Service VT, that's V as in virtual, T as in training, that's CustomerServiceVT.com. It's time to get customer focused. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking to Chris Blazier of Elastic. And uh, I find this whole subject fascinating. I want to get my answers faster. I want to get them quicker. I want to get them efficiently. I want them to be accurate. That's exactly what Elastic does. Uh, my next question has to do with how do we make agents smarter? Now, I know the answer to this, and I've talked about this over the years in watching how agents are actually using the same self-service digital tools that we want customers to be using, but they're using them internally. They know what to ask. You just want to make sure they get the exact accurate answer. So let's talk about how we make agents smarter. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So I really think about it as just from a process of search, right? So a great search for agents is about getting relevant answers and technical direction sooner in the process. The sooner we can get it, the better for the agents. 
And then getting those answers put to our agents faster and by extension to our customers, we really reduce the things that we talk about in support and customer success, mean time to resolution, increasing customer satisfaction as a survey, things like that. And so a few things that we do internally at Elastic that uh, might not surprise you, but it's really interesting how we combine these kind of ideas of search and uh, empowering our agents. So the first thing we think about is really a federated, consolidated search, thinking about across your knowledge base, across your blogs, your product documentation, past cases. How do we enable that in a single, beautiful user interface that allows our agents to search across all of those? And then uh, also thinking about known issues, like if we know that a particular version of a product has an issue, how do we show that through search? And then finally, through this idea of what our product is telling us through observability or the telemetry that we get back from our product and our product issues. I mean, the secret sauce that we have for our agents using search is about enabling across those three pieces, what the, the knowledge that we have, the cases that are coming in and our product telemetry. When we wrap all of that up into that seamless experience for the agent, that's really where our magic comes from for support. Can the agent also get information about the customer when they come in? Does it, will, it, will it tee that up for us? Yeah, uh, very much so. So everything related to their uh, transactional history, as well as the, the behavior of what articles have they read before, those are the things that we're thinking about when we're building out. We actually build the uh, custom UI that allows our support engineers and our customers to interact with. To your point about sharing knowledge base, we actually share kind of a similar code base, which allows it to be very seamless of experience between our knowledge bases and those and our customer interactions. So uh, I'm I'm going to ask a bunch of questions because I realized I just had uh, an experience not long ago with a uh, cellular phone company. Uh, I won't tell you the name. Uh, their initials are AT and T. But seriously, <laughs> I I actually have a great relationship. I think with them. Whenever you, you know, it's frustrating whether it be by cable, or internet, or or my phone. When it's out, you get so frustrated. But when you call and you have a good experience, you realize okay. It's going to happen. I'm really glad these people are there. But this is what happened. The agent said, I'm looking at your uh, your billing history, your profile. I'm not sure what the word she used was. And I noticed that we could probably save you some money. Now, my question to you is, do you think that she was taking the initiative, looking at the bill, and was that knowledgeable that she could do it? Or did something prompt her to tell her, Let's help this customer use us better, save more money, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think was happening there? Uh, that's a great question. I think it's up to, I think each business will tack that question differently. One will say, uh, we value the customer experience and we know by telling the person that they can save money, they will be more loyal to us. And the other person would say, well, why are we going to lose less revenue for them? So I would say, depending on your views of uh, not to be named AT&T, uh, then maybe <laughs> they are uh, the type of company that is loyal to customers and want you to be around for a while and did prompt that. So, but but my question is, I, I realize she did that. And, and she was given, but do you think it was a technology like yours that was helping her find and make that decision or make that suggestion for me? Uh, if yes, I would say there's a technology in there that's giving her all the information and all the way that I think about it is it's giving her the signals, right? So mm -hmm. the, 
it's collecting these 10 pieces of data, whether it's transactional, whether it's like how much you use your phone, maybe you don't text as much as you think you text and you don't need the unlimited plan. And so like those signals are to her. And I think a, a good uh, CSM, a customer success manager, a good agent at the end of the phone can take those signals and either be directed in or use those for the right purpose. Right. And so I, it is our, it is something like us giving her all those signals to make that decision. I love that. And I wish more companies would do that. Uh, so I, I've got to ask, uh, because I look at my annual customer status or customer survey, uh, customer service, customer experience survey, I'll get it out at some point. We call it the Achieving Customer Amazement Study, uh, this year sponsored by Five9. And one of the questions we ask is, would you rather go to a self-service digital type solution, uh, such as perhaps a search bar that Elastic uh, is behind, or do you want to use the phone? And we've watched the trend. Where do you see the trend in the future? Uh, right now, 31% say, let's use digital self-service. Uh, by the way, in this upcoming year, I've already rewritten. I want to use the same question so I get a benchmark. But I, I've also written some additional questions like I always go to a digital self-service solution be, before I have to, as a follow-up, make a phone call. I, I know that's not the right word. The wording. question to you is, did you have ChatGPT write the question? Because that's what everybody's doing now. So did yeah. you do that? <laughs> and, and that, by the way, I think that if we looked at, 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 at in January when I did this survey originally, ChatGPT only been out a month. And I could have asked, you know, do you know what ChatGPT is? And 75, 80% of the people would go, well, chat what? And yeah. today, I think it's like 80% of the people are going to go, oh, yeah, I love that. I use it at work. I use it at home. I, I write my wife love letters with this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. so, but, so I think that people's, uh, I guess, comfort and, and uh, I guess the trust they have in the technology is going to get stronger. So here's why I asked this. Uh, let's not include 2020, which was COVID, but in 21, 41% said they would use digital self-service options. That dropped to 35% in 22 and dropped to 31% this year in, in 23. I think it's going to go the other direction now because people are comfortable with generative AI, even if they don't even know what that term means. Yeah. So I would agree with you. I think it, it just has to go up given the amount of investment that's happening at every company that we're talking to, right? So if you start to think about this wave of generative AI, uh, it is powering self-service. So the bot on every website that you go to, it's getting smarter. And I would say that today, it's not very smart. And for technical uh, questions. I'll give you an example. On our side, we ran a POC for technical questions. And, against and a POC product. means... Uh, a proof of concept. Sorry, okay. uh, we're, I'm acronym heavy. I'm seeing. So, from a proof of concept on our side, we so found... far, by the way, I, I I haven't nailed you on too many acronyms. I now I know POC, uh, but I do love the fact that you use the word telemetry at least two or three times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a glossary at the end that explains everything. But uh, on our side, on this proof of concept, where we were trying to understand the accuracy of uh, the LLM model, the large language model that we were using, and generative AI, we found that less than 5% accuracy. We we got some really? hallucinations on our side that were, it scheduled some meetings, some phantom meetings. It, uh, it went through and 
recommended product things that we would never recommend that would actually have the adverse effect that it was looking at. And so these hallucinations uh, led us down this path that generative AI is not there yet for tech when your product gets more technical and you have to go more into deeper um, learnings about your product to answer it correctly. And so what I think, going back to your question, as these large language models, two things are happening. They're getting a little bit smarter. Uh, we are implementing a new methodology that allows Elasticsearch to do the initial finding of the results and then passing it through a large language model. That's how a lot of the big companies are doing it now when you start looking at your own data set. This is called uh, abbreviation called RAG. It's called Retrieval Augmented Generation. And so what we do is we make these bots smarter by going in and using Elasticsearch to find the right answer. Then we use the generative AI to put it into a pretty format and give you the summarized answer rather than reading through an article. And so as this technology and as this landscape matures, I think self-service becomes so much better as the bots become smarter and as the knowledge base articles are written by bots that had questions answered to them. So uh, I think the content will be there. And as people start to realize how good the content is, you will see that uh, inflection point where it starts to rise again. Yep, I, th I think it's going to. I, I really am excited to see what next year's results bring us. So uh, I will say, though, I will yeah. say to that point, the phone's not dead. Like, uh, yes. let's be very clear. It's mm -hmm. going to be a while before we're at the point where you, you don't have a, a phone number to call or a support agent to contact. It's, we still have a long way to document all of the features of our products so that allow these tools to actually work. And so I think those people uh, should rest sure on that uh, kind of front that we have right now. Yeah. And to that point, uh, we did some work with Captera, which is Gartner, and we did a survey of people that lead contact centers. 63%, even with uh, generative AI and chat GPT type technologies, 63% are still adding to their payroll, not eliminating jobs. So that should feel for, I think there's going to be a point where, where there's going to be, I don't think it's going to be an elimination. I think it's just going to be a disruption of the typical uh, number of people that are hired, but it's not going to destroy completely. Uh, I, I would say that it's not about, it's not about adding more people the same rate. You can add people at a lower rate because you start to get this deflection that happens mm -hmm. through self-service. But you can also, instead of hiring less, you also start to drive those same resources to more value add activities. Instead of saying, you know, every IT problem ends with, hey, did you restart your computer? Right. right. So if somebody had to respond, did you restart your computer? You're not using that effectively. If a bot says that, that same person can now be like, oh, well, did you configure this on your router? Did you do this? And they start doing these more value added activities. I think that's the first wave that we're going to see is about mm -hmm. the augmentation of the staffing versus this decrease in hiring. Right. I think that the simplest ideas can be handled easily uh, electronically and digitally. And, and we keep our good people for the higher level uh, you know, capabilities that they have. So in, in a, what is an overall summary, you know, the goal of Elastic is to delight customers and agents with self-service experiences that use generative AI and uh, those types of technologies. Let's wrap this up with my favorite question. The one thing question, I want to wrap it all up. And I know you've probably, I warned you this was coming yeah, and everybody true. listening, I don't know what the question's going to be, or I don't know what the answer is going to be. I know what the question is. I asked the question, but I don't know what the answer is that's coming. I'm sure based on what I'm hearing right now, I'm going to be blown away and fascinated by what you share. What's that one last nugget of information that you have? Yeah, so 
I was thinking about this when you kind of prepped me on it. And I gave a presentation before about kind of SaaS peripheration, like this idea that there's an app for everything. And so as business owners, as IT technology, customer success leaders, I, I think we, we've kind of leaned into let's buy an app for this. Let's buy an app for that. And, uh, the idea that, that when everyone's on the same app, like what kind of value are you really driving for your company? Like what is it, what is making you different? What's making you stand out when you look at your brand and everybody's brand kind of looks the same because they're all using the same support portal or they're all using the same uh, templates to drive, to drive sales. Like those types of things, they're not setting you apart. When you think about search and generative AI now, this really rep represents this opportunity to dig in and build this unique customer experience. And you can really start to separate yourself from the competition, positively impact your brand, and like really lean in here because this really is the future. So before IT organizations, uh, customer success organizations, they would have to, if you think about it in like the in the 80s and 90s, when technology was uh, was moving quickly, they had to build everything from scratch. Now we have that opportunity again to start building from scratch and making true differences for our companies. Right, but building from scratch using generative AI and all that we have is going to mean we build it from scratch in one-tenth the time that it used to be. Exactly. We have now all the building blocks and it's how you put those building blocks together in a timely manner under budget and really wow your customers and yeah. your agents internally. And, and the key words you just used for all those CFOs out there, under budget. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, Chris, thanks for being on the show. I love the uh, ideas. I love the knowledge. I love what I get to learn on Amazing Business Radio. And this is why we call it exactly that. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you for your time. This is great. Have a good one. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We will be back next week with another interview. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.